hail and well met everybody welcome to geek thyself a show by nerds for nerds who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia my name is heather i'm russell and we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. I apologize for the fact that we skipped a couple of weeks. Um, you guys probably noticed <laughs> that I wasn't recording with Russ and um, I'm not recording with him tonight actually either. Unfortunately our schedules have just been very very different with all of the um, you know new situations everyone's dealing with with COVID-19. It's created some disjointedness in our ability to get together and record together. Also, um, there was some uh, issues with some of my family. I don't know, I didn't listen to all of Russ's explanations for you guys. Um, The short version is that someone in my family did pass away in June. It wasn't COVID. Um, It was something we knew was coming, it was cancer. But uh, for obvious reasons, I did need a break. And I really appreciate that Russ stepped in and stepped up and uh, was able to keep talking to you guys and keep bringing you new episodes, even though I wasn't available to be around. So definitely shout out to Russ for that. I really appreciate it. But on to happier topics. For this week's episode, I decided to do something that um, I actually have more experience with than Russ, so it works out well that it's kind of a solo episode, and that is how to choose the right role-playing game for you. Now, this is obviously half-hour podcast, especially when it's just one of us. We tend to be pretty good about keeping to the half-hour, mostly. So uh, this is not going to be the most incredibly, incredibly detailed overview of, you know, a million different RPGs, because there's so many out there, especially if you start looking at indie RPGs. But I do want to give you at least a rough idea of things you can look for, so that when you're trying to find the right role-playing game, especially if you're a first-time role-play gamer, you know, if this is your first tabletop role-playing game, having a couple bits of information can help you figure out which one might be the right one for you. And so I thought that would be an interesting topic for me to cover solo. Russ and I both have a ton of experience with Dungeons & Dragons or D&D as it gets abbreviated, and it's one of the mainstream role-playing games. So there's a handful of them that would really be considered mainstream, and the reason they're mainstream is largely just because they have such a huge following. So it's not so much that they're all the same game, because they're very different, but it's more the fact that they've all been around for a very long time. They have some, Several of them have different editions because they've been around for so long, and on top of that, there's the fact that they just have a lot of people who play them and recognize certain aspects of them because they've been around for so long so it has led to them being the more mainstream version of role-playing games and then there's a lot of role-playing games that are also referred to as indie role-playing games and those are the ones a lot of them are newer a lot of them are heavier on role-play versus the mechanics so that's one of the big differences between them but I'm going to start off by talking about some of the things you can look for if you're looking for a role-playing game and trying to find something that you want to start with. I think the obvious first answer is that you should look for something that sparks your interest. So for example, if you're someone who really, really, really loves magic, 
and wants just a really high magic game and wants to play a spellcaster and wants to play with other spellcasters or wants to even do like a Harry Potter type of setting, depending on how you decide to play it, then choosing a role-playing game that is high fantasy is going to make a lot more sense for you. Dungeons and Dragons is definitely a high fantasy game. They do have versions that they've done sort of offshoot settings. Um, there's one called D20 Modern, which is also from the same company. But D20 Modern um, is more focused on, you know, a futuristic setting as opposed to the classic elves and dwarves and fantasy setting. So a lot of fantasy settings are going to be higher magic. There's also games such as Mage by White Wolf Games and uh, or it, it's part of the World of Darkness setting. The three, in my opinion, just from like all the role playing I've done with people, the th the top three sort of big names in terms of role playing games. Some of the most mainstream ones are Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone, pretty much everyone's heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Even if you've never played a role playing game and don't really have any interest in it, you've heard of Dungeons and Dragons. That's just how it is. It's very iconic. But then there's also the World of Darkness games, which includes Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf, Mage, Changeling. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one, but I can't remember what it is right now. And, um, oh, Scion. I love Scion. That's a fun game. So there's a lot of different iterations of the World of Darkness. They're all set in a similar world. All of those types of games can actually interconnect um, because they're all supposed to be set in the sort of pseudo reality world where there it's like there's an underbelly but instead of the underbelly being like black market and mobsters it's vampires and werewolves and mages that the rest of us don't see and so that's a fun one and the third is pathfinder pathfinder is very similar to dungeons and dragons um there's a lot of similarities what one of the things that differentiates pathfinder is it's very customizable They've done a lot of things to make it so that you can really customize your characters and your settings and things um, in ways that are not necessarily as easy in Dungeons & Dragons. You can, but where Dungeons & Dragons doesn't necessarily always give you the tools to do it, Pathfinder pretty much hands you the tools to do it. So that's one of the big differences. But there, in terms of settings, Pathfinder also is a little more broad. Everything's not just set in a high fantasy world, although they do have those settings. They also have settings that are more modern. So it just depends on what you want to do. But those three are some of the big systems that most people who've done an RPG that I've ever met and played with have done at least one of those. Um, either a World of Darkness, a Pathfinder, or a Dungeons & Dragons game. One of the three, because those are just the three big ones. Especially with World of Darkness, because there's multiple different versions of the World of Darkness games. So there's a bunch of different ones that you could have played, even if you haven't played all of them. For instance, I've never played Mage, and I've never played Changeling. But I've played Werewolf a little bit, and I've played Vampire the Masquerade, and I've played Scion. I've done a lot of Scion. So for those three, I have a good standing of how the mechanics work and what they did with World of Darkness is even though the settings and the abilities and things and the type of magical creature you are is different, each one has the same game mechanics so that it's easy for you to pick it up and be like, oh, okay, this is different, but I do understand where things are coming from. It makes it easier to pick it up if you've never played one before. 
So one of the first things I recommend looking at is, you know, like I said, what kind of setting do you want to play in? High fantasy, high magic. A lot of that also is going to have to do with your game master or dungeon master, whoever's running the game for you, because you're going to want to talk to them and find out, is this person going to run a really high magic game? Is the world they're creating really low magic? There's a lot of different things like that that you have to take into account. So figuring out what kind of a setting interests you is definitely something I would recommend starting with. There's a lot of different settings out there. There's custom made settings because you can do what's referred to as homebrew and basically make a homebrew world, meaning it's not from the books that they give you. You still use the classes and the races and stuff usually, but what you've done is created an entirely new world that's not strictly based off of the one they give you in the books. And because you have a completely new world, you can change things to be whatever you want. There's also um, some dungeon masters or game masters who will create a homebrew race or a homebrew class where it's something they came up with and did their best to balance to add to their world. There's things like that. So definitely talking to whoever you're going to play with or if you don't know who you're going to play with yet, trying to get an idea of what you're interested in is a good start. For instance, if you're really interested in pirates, you might like the game Seven Seas, which is really fun. Um, I've also done that one. But it just depends on, you know, what you want to do with your game. So that's what I would recommend as the starting point. Figure out what you want out of your game. Whether it's lots of hack and slash, meaning you're just fighting a bunch of monsters all the time. Whether it's a lot of role play. You know, if you want something that's really simple mechanics and you get to make up whatever happens. Or if you want something that's very structured and there's a set of rules and movements that you have the option of doing. So I guess one, one way to look at it if you've ever played video games is... You know, do you want the video game that's very open sandbox, like Minecraft, where you have a certain set of rules, but you can kind of build whatever you want within those rules? Or do you want a game that's very structured and you know exactly what's happening A to B to C, you know, more like some of the fighting games like Call of Duty or something where you've got a set goal that you have to get to and there's certain things that you have to do in certain ways you have to do it. That's, that's kind of the issue is, you know, which one do you want to do? And um, it's just a matter of a preference. There's no right or wrong. So that's the starting point. Next, what I would recommend looking at besides the setting is gameplay. Do you want gameplay, like I was just talking about, that's very, very sandbox where you can create whatever you want. You can come up with any ideas you want. Your character can be whatever you want it to be within the setting of the world, you know? Or do you want something that's more like these are your options, these are the moves that your class can do, you know, something that's more um, more like an MMORPG where you have to pick a class and that class has very structured rules and there's only certain things you can do. That's a pretty common theme across all types of tabletop RPGs is that you pick some sort of class and that class doesn't necessarily limit what you can do, but it gives you certain moves and abilities that the other classes don't get. So it's a specialization. Um, the difference is that in games such as Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, it's a little more structured in that there's definitely gonna be things you're good at and you're not good at, depending on how you build your character. It also depends on the game master 
whether you're going to be playing a game that's very uh, referred to as hack and slash, where all you're doing is hacking and slashing at monsters and you're not necessarily doing a lot of role play versus whether you're doing a whole lot of role play and not as much of the actual fighting mechanic. So that kind of goes with setting. It kind of goes with style of RPG. It depends on what you're looking for. The reason I say it could go with either is because the setting and, and the GM and who you, you know, what kind of game you want to run has partially to do with whether it's hack and slash versus uh, more role play heavy, but also the type of RPG you want to play can play into that as well. Because D&D or Pathfinder, um, even World of Darkness games are a little more structured. Of those three, I will say that in my opinion, World of Darkness is the one that lends itself most readily to heavy role play. So if you want to be out there, you know, really getting into character and having a lot of heavy role play with your friends, then something like a World of Darkness game or an indie game that's lighter on the rules and heavier on the role play aspect might be a better way to go. Uh, there's a lot of variability. And like I said at the beginning, I, there's no way for me to cover every single role playing game. There's just too many. Um, and there's people coming out with new ones every day. There's an entire thing online called one-page RPGs. You can look them up online. They are specifically role-playing games where all of your rules, so literally every rule you need to run the game, is on a single page. One page of paper. And you can print them offline. There's places where you can buy them. Some There's somewhere you can get them for free. There's one called Honey Heist that's a lot of fun where you pretend to be a bear and usually you're trying to steal honey. And you, you literally only have two stats or abilities that you have to worry about and that's criminal and bear and everything else is you just make it up and you play and you play off your friends and you just go and it's a lot of fun that one's a lot of fun so that's a good one if you're interested in trying one um, and I'm pretty sure honey heist you can get for free online I think the creator put it up for free um, or at least very low cost because he wanted people to be able to play it so that's a fun one but there's games like that that are extremely heavy role play and there's rules, but there's not really a lot of them. Most of the rules are just uh, you have to roll dice occasionally and uh, your goal is this and go. And you just get to play and pretend to be the person you've created and play off of each other and it's a lot of fun. And then a game like Dungeons and Dragons is a little more structured. You know, there's, there's action rounds where you have a set a set order of who's going to go when you have an initiative order so like the fighter might go first and then the wizard and then the rogue and then the enemy goes and then the druid gets to go you know that kind of thing it's a very like your turn your turn your turn your turn your turn kind of thing as opposed to something that's a little more open form and there's not necessarily a who goes first situation in like in honey heist you know it's not necessarily who's going first it's just well you started this little scene that we're doing right now so keep going you know what happens next and it's a lot of fun but those are some of the things you want to look at when you're trying to pick an rpg in terms of the you know heavy rules versus light rules i will say if you've never ever ever done a role-playing game and you're not sure how you feel about role-playing and pretending to be a different character and a different person then Going with something that's a little more structured, like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or a World of Darkness game, might be a good starting point just because there's more rules and there's more background history 
on some of the different families and characters and types of races. So it gives you a better idea of maybe where to start your character from if you've never done it before. That being said, you do not have to start with those. And there's a lot of wonderful RPGs that you could start with that don't necessarily give you all that information, but you and your friends can make it up, which is honestly just as much fun. I will say that if you are looking at more of an indie game, as they're referred to, which means it's one of the role-playing games that is not quite as mainstream, so people know of them, but you're less likely to find someone who's played one, then stick around because after the mid-roll, I am going to run through some of the ones I'm familiar with. I'm not familiar with every single one. There's way too many, way too many. But um, I've played quite a few of them and enjoyed them, so I'm going to run through some of them and just give you an idea of what they're like. All right, and with that, let's go into the mid-roll and I'll be back in a minute. Okay, so I'm going to start off by talking about World Anvil, our amazing sponsors here at Nerdsmith. For anyone who has never checked out World Anvil, I highly recommend it. It's worldanvil.com. They're an amazing world building and game management software. So if you're doing a campaign for any sort of RPG, they're an amazing management resource. Uh, they've won an any award for being so incredibly robust and having so many options. You can build maps, you can link characters, you can create story links. And it's basically like you can create an entire wiki for your campaign, which is amazing whether you're a game master or if you're an author, because it's also designed to be helpful for authors in the same way that you can build up your world and see how things connect. And it's really incredible. You should definitely check out worldanvil.com. And then our other sponsor, which, you know, they're also amazing. I can't say enough about our sponsors. They're both fantastic. And they're amazingly nice people, which is also a huge bonus. <laughs> I get to talk about how great their products are, and they're amazingly nice. It's a perfect combination. But our other sponsor, as you've heard multiple times, is Die Hard Dice. They make gorgeous dice. They've got amazing metal dice. They also have amazing resin dice, the polymer dice, and they're so gorgeous so many different color combinations definitely worth checking out it's dieharddice.com and they also have an amazing thing called a scroll of rolling it's brilliant it's basically a scroll that'll hold it one to two sets of dice and then you can unroll it and it's a rolling mat for your dice with a little bit of a ledge around the edge so that they don't roll right off quite as easily it's really brilliant just a brilliant idea and very portable and you can go to dieharddice.com, and if you use the code GEEKTHYSELF, you get 15.15% off your first or next order. It is a one-time use code, but there are also a lot of other codes floating around from the other Nerdsmith shows, so if you check those out, you might be able to find another one. And with that, let's get back to this week's topic. Okay, welcome back everyone. So let's start off with listing some of the RPGs I've played that, you know, there's a long list. Not gonna lie, it's a long list. <laughs> um, okay, so starting off with the obvious Dungeons and Dragons. I played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons. I really do like Dungeons and Dragons in that there's a very, very rich tapestry of the worlds they've created. Um, I never want to you know ruin someone's day by saying something is good or bad or whatnot um I will say that given all of for anyone who follows the 
TTRPG community. There's been a lot of issues um, coming out about the management at Dungeons and Dragons not being great. So I I don't want to say that I necessarily endorse them just because I I really don't endorse everything that's been happening that we've been learning about recently in the tabletop community. But at the same time, the game itself is good. Um, I, I don't endorse any of the people necessarily that are behind it right now, but the game itself is good and fun and what you make of it with your friends is something that can be amazing. Um, I have only played Pathfinder once, and I didn't play it for very long, I will admit. Um, I enjoyed it. It was definitely fun, and I liked how customizable some of the different classes and different abilities were. I thought that was a really interesting thing. But it was also very complicated compared to Dungeons & Dragons, which was a little more streamlined. I do know Pathfinder's coming out with another edition soon, and I think they're planning to make things a little easier to follow so that may be something to look out for world of darkness i've mentioned them already world of darkness games i love them they're fantastic the basic premise is that you're in our world it's the world you and i know um you can set it at different times in history it's up to you but the idea is that it's our world only instead of the like underbelly of the world being just mobsters and criminals there's also another layer of hidden supernatural creatures. So, you know, think, I think like um, the Underworld series um, with Kate Beckinsale, or as much as I hate to admit it, Twilight, you know, where certain people knew the vampires and werewolves existed and everybody else was clueless. That's kind of what World of Darkness is like. There's a few people that aren't werewolves and vampires and whatnot that know they exist. But for the most part, everybody's clueless. And so, and part of usually what you're trying to do is make sure that they don't find out. Because if they find out, then suddenly you've got millions of humans really stressed out and freaked out. And that could be problematic. So it's an interesting game setting. And they've got a bunch of different variations. You can play werewolf. You can play a vampire game where you, you when your friends are vampires. You can play... Um, Scion, which is a fun one. You get to play the children of the gods, and they have a huge selection of different gods you can pick from, from all different cultures. So whether you want to go with Greek or, you know, they have American gods they made up. So you could be Greek, American, you could be Egyptian, Norse, you know, Asian gods. There's a whole slew of them to pick from, which is a lot of fun. Um, Another fun game is urban shadows which is actually what we're playing on dungeons or excuse me on shenanigans right now um we're taking a break from the main campaign and switching to some little side campaigns for a while urban shadows is a fun one it can be set in a lot of different types of worlds you pretty much can pick what you want but the basic idea is that the world is full of supernatural creatures humans are still around too but the world you're in is full of supernatural creatures and there's different classes you can play that give you different abilities. The class I'm playing in Shenanigans is a hunter. So I am someone who hunts the monsters, but I have like a specific reason or a specific group of monsters that my that I target. In my particular case, my hunter tends to focus on the monsters that go too far. You know, she the morality gray area 
she kind of has to deal with because it is what it is in the world they're in but she really goes after the ones who go too far so like the monster that breaks into something and slaughters tons of people she's going to go after that one just as an example of something you can do with it and let's see there's so many role-playing games i've played i'm trying to run through the list and it's a long one um all right so there's also one called seven seas that i mentioned that is a lot of fun it's if you've ever watched any of the old old swashbuckling movies or like a three old three musketeers movie where you know they all the good guy always wins and there's all of these amazing acrobatic feats where they they jump off of things and you know the pirate movies where the guy stabs his knife into the sail and slides down all the way and things like that that are completely unrealistic in real life but amazingly cinematic and that's what seven seas is all about you there's um you don't have to be on the ocean with it you can play on land but the idea is that you're sailing around the seven seas and there's a lot there's even like a swashbuckler class things like that and you can play different fighting classes and whatnot but there's different moves and it's it's structured game it's definitely what I would consider a structured game with a lot of of rules that tell you how you can do different things but it's also a very very different world setting it's very very loosely based off of Europe there you can definitely see the connections like there's a country called Vodace that is very clearly supposed to be sort of an old Italy analog, but it's not identical to Italy. There's definite differences, but there's some similarities, just enough to make it interesting and make it something that's semi-recognizable, which is kind of fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy the game a lot, so I definitely recommend it. Um, If you want something that's a little more out of the box, then there's one that I enjoy a lot called Little Fears. Uh, Little Fears is a game where you pretend to be a child. You and your friends are all children, and you can range in age from, I believe it's 5 all the way up to 12. And your abilities are going to vary depending on your age. You know, little kids have bigger imaginations, and they're more able to be creative and think of things because they haven't, you know, developed as much, so their minds are just more open. And so if you play a younger child in the game, then you tend to have a higher sort of magic type of stat because your, your belief, your imagination is stronger. Whereas when you get older, if you play like the 12-year-old, your imagination and magic stat is pretty low, but then you might have more logic stat um, influence, that kind of thing. But it's a fun game. You and your friends are fighting basically nightmare creatures and it's a little dark because your kids fighting monsters but it doesn't have to be it really depends on how you and your friends want to play it you know it doesn't have to be super super dark it can be something that's more comical kind of like old 80s movies where kids are fighting monsters and stuff you just have to find the right mix of what's going to work for you but that's a really fun one Um, My friend Tessa and I, who's on shenanigans with me, still have a running joke every time Little Fears comes up um, about not wanting to be necrofickles because of a game of Little Fears we played where our two characters were the youngest. We were five and six, and at one point we were fighting evil creatures, and one of us, uh, you know, kids misspeak. They don't hear words correctly. One of us said, I don't want to be a necrofickle. I I don't like dead things. You know, and so it's a running joke still <laughs> to this day. I don't want to be a necrofickle. But 
um, there's those types of games that you can play, and it just depends on what you want to do. Like I've said a million times in this episode, it really just depends on what you want to do with it. Uh, I mentioned Honey Heist earlier, which is a really fun one-page role-playing game where you play a bear and you're trying to steal honey. Um, there's rules for the game master on different settings, options that you can roll for, and you know you get to be a different type of bear. The different types of bears have different abilities, and then the, you can wear different hats and you try to blend in with human society to steal the honey. It's a lot of fun. And it's very, very open box, so you can create your character to be really crazy and goofy and it's fun. Um, okay, I know I can, I can guarantee you I'm forgetting at least a few role-playing games that I've played because there have been, I know there have been more than what I just listed off to you, but I'm, you know, there's so many that I, I'm actually drawing a blank because I don't know where to start. And there've, there's also been some where I've only played, you know, one or two sessions just because either the game fell apart because scheduling can be really tricky when you're trying to coordinate eight people on a regular basis. Um, or maybe it wasn't the right game for someone else in the group and so we just didn't play for as much we switched to something else I had both things happen um and that's something you shouldn't be afraid of either if you're playing with friends and you're trying to figure it out you know if you realize partway through this game just really isn't for me then just tell them because it's definitely something where if you're doing a kind of role-playing game it's not as much fun if everyone at the table isn't having fun so it's better to let them know versus let it just fester and really not enjoy yourself. Another thing I will say too, the one minor thing that's kind of good, I guess, <laughs> good is relative, but that's uh, come about because of quarantine is that there's a lot of people online that are doing online tabletop gaming specifically because they can't get together with their friends like they normally would to record their or to play their different sessions and so you've got a lot of options that you can look up online um there's also you know if you ever join the nerdsmith discord server angela one of the other directors at nerdsmith does run uh, games and you can catch discover rpg on our twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash we are nerdsmith that particular show that Angela also runs, what she does is she looks at different indie RPGs. So like the less known ones that I've been talking about. She looks at different ones of those, explains the mechanics, explains how to play, and then organizes games on our server after she's explained the full game. So that's also something that you could definitely check out. Um, it's usually Wednesdays at 12 p.m. PST, and then she has done some episodes sort of in off hours a little more sporadically so I don't have an exact set schedule for that one unfortunately but it's definitely something you can check out if you're interested um, with that I'm hitting our half hour mark so I'm going to go ahead and call this episode but I hope some of this information was helpful for you maybe one of those games I mentioned sort of sparked your interest there's a lot of them that are really really fun um, oh I just remembered one I forgot which is monster of the week that's a fun one. Now that game is also kind of dark, but it is something where basically you can also do an, a one-shot, a one-off game really easily because it's designed to be you're fighting a different monster every week kind of idea. So it, it's very, very easy to skip from um, one monster to the next and keep things interesting. But that's it for this week's episode. Um, oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I almost forgot. 
Um, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys also is that um, because of me and Russ having trouble scheduling together at the moment, we are going to be switching Geek Thyself to an every other week release schedule for a while. It's not necessarily going to be permanent, but we want to make sure we can keep giving you guys episodes consistently so that we don't have, you know, a couple missed weeks like we just did. And um, one of the ways we're figuring out that we need to change the show in order to do that is that we're going to go to every other week release. So I'm releasing this. It should be going out on 8.5 and then we'll have another episode for you guys on 8.19. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this gave you some information on possibly picking a role-playing game to start off with if you haven't tried it before. And with that, I'm going to call this episode. So we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Or well, two weeks from now. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Thank you.